Hey everyone, this is Stu G of Delirious, and you're listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. Happy March of Madness, guys. Are your yes. tur- are your brackets busted yet? Already, yes. Yes. Thank As you of for tonight. Yes. All because of the mighty peacocks took down <laughs> the Wildcats. <laughs> we we just watched the Kentucky Wildcats lose to a 15 seed. And I know uh, for us, we're from Kentucky, um, but the three of us. We don't want to affect our like, listeners, though. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I love I love Kentucky fans, but we're not Kentucky fans. And our team had a really bad year. Uh, so we were kind of happy to see the the arch rival go out in the first round. If we're honest, I'd I don't speak for yourself. I I actually watch Kentucky basketball a lot and enjoy them playing. I mean, I watch it a lot, but with hopes that what will happen to them is they'll lose to a 15 seed in the first round. Well. As a diehard Lowell fan, we really can't say much because our team didn't even break 500 this year. So we Listen, didn't even, we make, even the, make it to the NIT. We didn't even oh, make no. it to the NIT. So <laughs> we didn't even make it to the high school regionals in Kentucky. Like we, were, we were really bad this year. But when this episode comes out, we will officially have a brand new coach, Kenny Payne, which he was on the 1986 team, and then he coached Kentucky, or assistant, he was the assistant for Kentucky for many years with Calipari, and then went to the New York Knicks, and now we have him. It is good news for us. And for those of you who do not care about sports or know anything about what we're talking about. Any any sports ball? Just Yeah, sports. <laughs> just know that it's a good thing for us. Uh, and on today's episode, we get to talk with Stu G from Delirious. And we had a really good uh, chat with him. He was super generous with his time. And, you know, for us, uh, Delirious was, you know, part of the soundtrack of our childhood growing up. So uh, I know for us, it was a huge honor to be able to sit down with him and uh, just get a little insight uh, into how things started for him and what ministry looks like now. Yeah, and get to see his room full of guitars. You all won't see that, but we got to see it, and it was uh, there was a little bit of man jealousy going on right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, um, I was, I was trying not hard not to break the tenth commandment, coveting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you guys were here too, in in the interview, uh, some of the stories behind some of their some of their big songs, and it's so cool to hear how you know these these pillar of some of these songs, you know, these songs that have been around for many, many years, just how they were written. And so, yeah, pretty awesome. So let's get into the interview with Stoogy from Delirious. <laughs> like how I did that? Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> you guys will okay. hear it in a minute. We have Stu G with us from the um, the legendary Christian worship band Delirious. 
Stu, it's nice to have you. Thank you, Jacob. It's good to be with you. I'm very excited to be on tonight. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being with us. So we were on your Instagram um, and looking through some pictures, and um, we saw where you were on tour recently, a Christmas tour with Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant, and saw the video of the whole crowd singing Oh Holy Night, which was so beautiful. And so my question is, Michael and Amy is, you know, some people that we've listened to our whole lives yeah. Um, as well as, as delirious. So what, what's it like getting to tour with them and being with them on the road? Yeah, it's kind of surreal because, you know, um, I remember being at Greenbelt Festival in England uh, in the early 90s um, or late 80s even and seeing Amy Grant and uh, and her keyboard player was Michael W. Smith. And, uh, you know, and it was just... 20 or 30,000 people in a field. And um, I mean, they were just superstars. You know, it's massive. So um, now to be able to get the chance to not just uh, play with them, but be friends with them is is a real honor. And um, uh, yeah, I kind of pinch myself. And uh, and I have to really concentrate because um, that music and uh, some of the uh, guitar parts are really hard to play. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it kind of keeps me, uh, it keep, keeps me practicing for sure. Yeah. Now, Michael W. Smith said one time, I saw him live, oh, it's been a while, but he said that he, he started the few first notes of Friends and he said that he had to sing this for the rest of his life and everybody yes. laughed. But is that true? Does, does he sing that every night, even though, yeah. you know, even on the Christmas tours? Do you know what? We do do it on the Christmas tour. Yeah. Um, so pretty much every night. Yeah, he does it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. You know, like, um, you, you could be tempted to, to kind of think, oh no, not this song again or whatever. But, um, it's a lot of people in the audience. It's their favorite song and it's the song that they're waiting Mm -hmm. for every night. And then so to, um, and you just don't know the, the stories behind why, uh why people love it so much you know and uh it's very personal and um and it, it's just you know you just look at the crowd and there's just some lovely moments happening every night with that song awesome yeah awesome well Stu, uh we grew up listening to delirious and i uh, grew up on uh, worship music in our church yeah uh, written by you all and actually, my brother-in-law, was I was talking with him today. He's in from Mexico. And I told him, I said, hey, I'm talking with Stu G later from Delirious. And he goes, hmm, I don't, I don't, I don't know who Delirious is. And I was like, oh, well, that's, I was like, that's, um, that's crazy. And so I played a couple of the songs and he goes, oh, that's the soundtrack of my childhood. Like wow. he, he just didn't know, uh, yeah. I, I guess it's sung by someone else. Uh, but okay. so many of your all songs that are done in Spanish uh he know he's like oh yeah i can't that's i definitely know them so um could you tell us a little bit how delirious uh, got their start and yeah. then uh also a question i've had since i was you know 8 or 9 years old when i first started listening to you guys yeah uh what's up with the question mark at the end yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you know like um almost 30 years since uh since that all started and um uh and we still get asked you know about the question mark but uh <laughs> um yeah so um 
there's a small church on the south coast of England. It's it's called Aaron Community Church, and um, the 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 guys were kind of based there. Martin, the lead singer, was a um, a sound engineer in Eastbourne, which is kind of um, uh, along the coast a little bit. So um, they were kind of all on the south coast, and um, uh, they started a youth event at this church called Cutting Edge, and uh, you've probably seen the cutting edge one two three and four uh that the, mm-hmm. they were cassette tapes they're now you know two yeah. two of them on, on a cd but um uh and um at the time i was living in the east midlands and i was um employed by a church i was uh, i was uh, like worship director if you like for three congregations and you know sorting out teams mm. and all that kind of stuff and um so this was in the early 90s right yeah. And uh, uh, I was in other bands. I got to play with other other folks. I, I did a couple of tours with um, a guy called Kevin Prosh. I don't know if you remember Kevin from the. He was in the vineyard at the time. Very prophetic uh, worship leader, and that was really um, like a life changing thing for me. And 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 some other uh, like a UK worship leader called Noel Richards. Um, and Noel had like a forum for worship leaders and musicians um that used to meet once a month and i used to go to that um and so did martin and tim uh tim was a keyboard player martin uh, the singer from delirious and and songwriter um and so uh yeah we used we, so we met up there but we already kind of were aware of each other because you know i had my own band that was kind of going out and doing festivals or or the, the christian scene in in the uk and uh and actually in london we used to play the rock venues um uh, like the marquee and the and the mean fiddler and places like that but um uh yeah so they were aware of us so we had some mutual friends and um and then they so they started this youth event and it was like really small affair um in a in a drama room in a school you know and uh um something like 70 kids first night and um and and that that kind of like went on and uh martin wrote the first batch of songs and they released them on a cassette and i was uh and, and then they said Stu, will you come down and play and so i went down and um went back to my wife after that that night and i said karen there's something going on here um you know uh we, we should go down together and see yeah if, if see if you like the church and all that kind of stuff so uh we went down and just fell in love with the place and you know had a sense of um uh sense that there was a future somehow with this kind of group of people and the music that we were mm. coming up with and so um so we moved down um and um uh, once a month we'd have these youth nights called cutting edge and they were growing like exponentially over the next couple of years and um uh funnily enough i was full-time in ministry in the east midlands when i moved down to be a part of this there wasn't a job for me you know so i actually went back to being an electrician for a little while but it was more important to be there and to be around this thing with uh with these guys and so um yeah, and so after we 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 had a great time doing these cutting edge events. Every, uh, uh, after a couple of years, we used to do events on the seafront, um, 
And uh, I think the last one that we did, we had about 10,000 people show up. And wow. like, for the UK, it's crazy because, you know, Littlehampton is a, is a small seaside town. Um, and uh, having 10,000 people on this big green. And uh, Pete Gregg, who started 24-7 Prayer, I don't know if you know who they are, but um, uh, Pete Gregg was there preaching and we were baptizing people as they were, mm. you know, becoming Christians on the seafront wow. in Littlehampton. So, um, so cool. uh, it was really fantastic. And, um, but you know, things got so busy for us. We were, um, traveling, uh, you know, we got to a point where we were starting to travel around the country, um, and, uh, and, and leading worship at like citywide events. And it got to a point where, um, you know, it was hard to kind of concentrate on your jobs and, this thing and the band you know and making the music and uh making these uh recordings and sending them out in the mail and all that kind of stuff and um and so um martin actually had a car crash uh had an accident and um could have lost his life in it um and didn't thank god and so we um he was like i've been given a second chance and i want to I want to do this full time, you know, uh, uh, guys, should we do it? Like, should we go for it? And, uh, um, and so we all decided to, to go for it. And that was the start at that point when we went full time in, uh, 1996, that was when we, um, called ourselves delirious. Um, Mm. and so, uh, because the cutting edge event, you know, we could have been the cutting edge band forever, but that was an event, you know, that was like a, yeah. uh, a youth worship night. And so we decided that we'd um, uh, give ourselves a, a name. And the idea for having a, a name like Delirious came from the fact that we had, you know, I, I mentioned that we'd been making tapes and uh, and sent, selling them in the mail or at the back of the hall, mm-hmm. right? What we didn't realize yeah. is that we were, making a record label we were starting a record label an independent label that every step along the way it was always better for us to keep doing what we were doing ourselves rather than like handing it off to a a label Mm -hmm. and so like i wouldn't say that any labels were angry about it but that's where the name furious records came from so we Mm -hmm. uh, they they, they weren't mad but they were like a bit flummoxed like oh why won't you sign with us you know it'd be so much easier we give you marketing money and all that kind of stuff. But we worked out that like uh, we could make, um, you know, five pounds off a, a, a cassette tape r- rather than like 92 pence, you know, <laughs> if we did yeah. it ourselves. <laughs> so, um, uh, so that's what, that's what we did. And, and we had our own publishing uh, company called Curious Music. And so when the name for the band, sort of we were bantering around names, um, it was like, let's have another Eos, you know, and, uh, you know, I I don't know who said it first, you know, but um, the the name Delirious kind of really summed up the the events that we were doing and the experience that we were having uh, with our music and with our praise and uh, with the presence of God and the, and, and, the uh the people that were coming along you know um so it really kind of summed up you know our thing and the um the question mark really came about because people would ask us are you a worship band or a rock band because like we were we were um and, and of course the answer was yes <laughs> uh, yeah <right. laughs> to both you know so yeah um 
no one was telling us that we should, you know, dumb down our music or anything. Um, and, you know, we didn't have a label. We didn't have an A&R man or, or publishing or marketing people telling us, oh, you can't do that. So we just did whatever we felt was right. And, and um, you know, uh, it kind of helped along. Uh, like there was, a, there was kind of a wave of change happening at that time and and uh we kind of jumped on the wave and so did you know people like matt redman and tim hughes and um mm -hmm. you know one or two other folks that uh were part of the soul survivor movement and the new wine movement and uh coming out of the uk mm -hmm. and uh yeah we were just i don't know there was just this kind of freshness to um worship um and a and an honesty in the in the lyrics and um, it was just a little bit different and fresh. And so that was, that was really how that started. And, um, uh, so yeah, so especially in America, people know us for, uh, being a worship band, you know, and obviously like we were church boys and, um, if you had cut us uh, open, we would have bled worship like that. That's in our veins. Yeah. Right. Um, but, um, also the idea in these events that we were doing, uh, and why songs like Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble were written um, were, uh, you know, this idea of like open up the doors and let the music play, you know, the the idea of like filling the streets, like let the streets resound with singing. And um, for us, it wasn't just an idealistic kind of thing to say. It was like, no, let's really take what we are experiencing here on these Sunday nights and yeah. take it into our, uh, you know, let it flood into our lives, into our colleges, schools, workplaces, whatever, uh, wherever we go. Let's not just keep this to the four walls of the church. And so um, I remember we we sat down and had a conversation and, and um, we had a song called White Ribbon Day um, that Martin had written after watching uh, the peace process um, in Northern Ireland and it was a uh, so like White Ribbon Day was actually a protest day and uh, and they, they were protesting for peace and praying for peace and so uh, like big marches and um, uh, and 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 Martin was inspired to write a song and we all got around it and you know created this thing and and we felt like they'd be amazing like we're telling all these kids to you know take what they do into their workplaces and you know our workplaces music so there wasn't like a massive christian industry in the uk at the time and um uh so it had to stand up alongside whatever else was out in the high street and so yeah. we thought well you know the way to do that is to release singles into the charts and um and so we started a journey of of doing that and uh um white ribbon day got to number 41 i, I remember that um we didn't quite make the top 40 with it and then we were really disappointed <laughs> but um uh we ended up having um uh five top 20s at, uh, you know at the end of our career and uh we had a number two in germany and we played glastonbury festival and toured with bon jovi and um and brian adams and we did a gig with muse in new york and uh mm. um you know, and we were doing the same songs on those concerts as we would do at at any event that we were invited to. You know, um, um, like History Maker and like um, 
deeper and uh, you know just all all the all the things and um, yeah and so uh, that was why we had the question mark uh, because you know we would get that question quite a lot like what are you guys who are you what are you yeah. you know uh, are, are so you cool. a church band or are you a uh, a pop band yeah that's I a saw long you answer. sorry about that oh, oh you're, you're <laughs> it's great I, I love listening to this uh, on your Instagram the other day, you you covered uh, or it's your it's your song, but you 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 did a version of White Ribbon yeah. Day, and yeah. I was like, wow, like and because you said something about you know what's going on in Ukraine and everything, yeah, and so yeah, it's it powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah, my uh, my heart's been very heavy. Um, it feels you know this this conflict feels very much closer to home than uh, any. Uh, any has apart from like what was going on in Northern Ireland a few years ago, but this is on a much larger scale. And so, you know, we've played in Ukraine many times. I've played there with Delirious and with Michael W. And, uh, mm. you know, I have friends who are Ukrainian. And uh, and so this one just feels deadly dangerous to me. Yeah. So your song, uh, Majesty, yeah, I, I want to know the story behind it, but uh, a funny story is back in the day when I was in youth group, I was a sophomore in high school, and the the leader of the worship group or the youth group was listening. We were listening to one of your live versions of that song, and then there's a part on there where Martin does this, hey, 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 we're singing, and then goes into the song. Well, he was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that up there. And we're like, all right, you know, and I don't think you should, you know, try to copy him. I think you should just let it flow. Well, he gets up there and, there, and that part comes up and, and then all of a sudden he goes, Hey, 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 Hey. <laughs> so he like totally rubs up the song. It's like this intense worship moment. And then he just starts to, you know, go crazy, wow. but it was, it was hilarious at the time. But so majesty is, is yeah. my all time favorite. Uh, delirious song oh, so what's the story what's yeah so um you know it, it it i i just remember a time when um you know being in delirious was like the best job i could have ever had in the world ever right and uh we were traveling the world and doing all this stuff and um and for whatever reason i don't understand it it's going to sound not good but uh you know it i i felt like there was a i got into a thing of going through the motions like doing the same thing yeah. every night uh and just going through the motions yeah. and uh, not really having that much passion and vision um and um and so i got in i i used to have a little kind of curtained off area in our warehouse and um I remember sitting in there and, uh, you know, I would have my, uh, I'd have a couple of amps in there and some instruments and what have you and, and a computer. And I'd like, yeah, that was where I'd do my, get my song ideas and, and send them off to Martin and we'd work on them together and that kind of thing. And, uh, but I remember sitting in there thinking, um, like really praying, you know, like, ah, oh, you know, God, let there let there be a change. And I was thinking about the uh, the old hymn, "Just as I am, without one plea," and mm. was wondering, you know, what could a new expression of 
you know, just as I am without one plea be like. And, uh, um, and I, I was consciously kind of just praying and, uh, just having a time with the Lord and just saying, you know, I don't want to feel like, um, you know, I'm going through the motions, you know, and, uh, I was just really seeking the Lord and, and it just felt like there was, um, the presence of royalty entered my little cubicle, <laughs> my little mm-hmm. curtained off space. And, um, you know, the kind of, uh, feeling where you don't sort of open your eyes, you know, and, um, yeah. And that, that, that experience kind of led me to, um, start singing for myself. Like I didn't start mm-hmm. writing majesty or other, you know, uh, majesty here I am. Uh, I didn't start writing that for a song for everyone to sing. Um, it was like, uh, you know, I, I, I picked up a guitar and started playing a, a sequence and I was just like, here I am humbled by your majesty, you know? Um, yeah. and it was a song. I started it as a song just for me in that room, in that experience, like feeling like this holy, majestic presence and you know this idea of like i might not have like everything i i don't feel like i can bring everything i need but i've got these hands like you know so it's this idea of like just as i am without one plea you know it like coming empty-handed and uh and and given what given what i had and so i had had like a portion of a song written and i remember showing martin and he loved it and he helped me kind of craft the chorus and um because uh, it sounded a little bit different you know and uh yeah. he was always the master of melody so um <laughs> uh yeah so we we finished writing it together and uh, uh the other guys loved it and what have you but i didn't start writing it as a song for everyone to sing. It was just like a little prayer for me. And, uh, yeah. um, yeah. And, and I wish what God that, did. <laughs> I know. Right. And so, you know, I wish that, um, they, they came a little bit more often like that, but, um, yeah, such is, uh, such is the life of a songwriter. The special oh, yeah. ones come along very rarely. <laughs> well, especially, I feel like the songs that come from, like deep, like just your personal, like you said, it was, you, you wrote it just for yourself. Like the, the meaning behind it to you relates so much to other people um, on a deeper level because it's literally your heart, just that's your prayer. Yeah. And, and it just has that connection with other people. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I can't remember who said this now, but in terms of uh, it was it was in terms of book writing or or story writing. And they were saying, you know, if if you if something is really compelling to you and honest to you, there's a good chance that someone else is going to identify with it, you know, and it'd be compelling for them, too. I think that what people can spot um, a mile off is when something's not authentic yeah, definitely. You know, especially younger people. You know, if yes. if something's not uh not authentic or doesn't 
Yeah, you know, it absolutely. smells a bit smell smells a bit manufactured or whatever. You know, yeah. um, I'm a youth pastor. I totally understand that. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, yeah, I I think that uh, if 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 you find something compelling yourself and interesting, then there's a good chance that someone else will. Yeah, definitely. So in 2002, Delirious released, or should I say, Delirious released. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a, a song called "Rain Down," yeah. written by yours truly. Yeah. Um, Wait, you wrote can it? Can you tell us? Yeah, no, not <laughs> yours truly. Yours truly, as in the person I'm. Yeah, that's a Doogie. that's a me and Martin song. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we were um, at a festival. I can't remember where. I think it was Texas, and um, there was a storm rolling in. We were in sound check. And uh, I started playing that riff. Like it was something that, mm-hmm. you know, we used to use sound checks to, you know, goof around or come up with little ideas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I started playing the riff for the song. And, um, you know, we could see the clouds rolling in. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm, literally Martin just started singing, rain down all around the world. We're singing rain down. Oh, wow. And, oh, wow. uh, um, and so the idea of uh, that song in terms of the lyric, you know, that first verse looks like tonight the sky is heavy. Uh, yeah. Feels like it's time to dream again or whatever that line is. Uh, but yeah, looks like tonight the sky is heavy. That literally was that scene. Yeah, the clouds were rolling in and that's what it looked like. And uh, so, you know, and it felt to us yeah, like that's a little bit of a prophetic moment. You that's know, awesome. uh, Yeah. Stu, I've been uh, really blessed by your the Beatitudes project that you were involved in and uh, with the podcast with Brian Miller and the album uh, and the film, Uh, our church is actually going through the Sermon on the Mount right now. So during this season, it's been, it's been a blessing. Would, would you be willing to uh, share about the heart behind that project? Yeah. So um, the Sermon on the Mount for me personally has always been like a really essential uh, scripture. So when I say Sermon on the Mount, I'm, I, I'm typically talking about Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And um, it's kind of, you know, we've just had the uh, State of the Union in America here, and uh, that's kind of like Jesus' State of the Union, if you like, or State of the Universe. It's kind of, you know, his way of saying, um, like, going from Leviticus 19, you know, be holy for I am holy. And it's, it's almost like Jesus is saying, be holy for I am holy, and this is how you do it, you know. And uh, uh, and so he lays out, like, what what life, the Jesus way, looks like. And so um, uh, years and years ago, when we were in Delirious, I uh, we, we would sit at a table um, sometimes and meet people before or after a concert or whatever, and then bring their CDs to sign and they would say uh, can you sign your favorite scripture and I'd, I'd literally do that Matthew 5 6 7 and so after a while the Beatitudes started to come into focus for me um, I don't really know why but I did know that um, there was eight themes in there and um, and I felt like oh that's kind of a good that's a good album length, like, uh, you know, eight themes, and like, who, it, like, whenever is it, and 
a bad time to sing about the poor and our response to the poor mm. or uh, to sing about mercy or you know pure in heart like um, and uh, I thought it would be a delirious album you know that's what I thought and uh, shared it with the other guys and everyone thought it was a good idea but then it wasn't long after that that, that we um, found out that we were gonna you know uh, finish touring and what have you so I just kind of put it at the back of my head and um, and actually when Delirious finished um, that was a hard time for me and I mean I think it was a hard time for everyone but um, uh, you know this idea of like we've had 17 years of, um, of doing this together and you know what on earth am I going to yeah. do like is my best work behind me like what you know and um, um, and so there's this kind of wrestling and this sort of uh, upside downness there and um, and I've I kind of was reminded well, I just remembered you know the Beatitudes and it felt like oh God's not very far away right now and uh, this idea of the blessing so every Beatitude starts with blessed are um, and this idea of the blessing being presence um, being the presence of God that's what the blessing is like God is on your side you know when you are poor in spirit or when you mourn or when yeah. your presence is ignored um, and uh, etc God's on your side when you're showing mercy when you're being a peacemaker you know when you're or when you're being persecuted for uh, uh, righteousness and justice and so um um, so yeah, so I s started to think about this, um, and uh, um, you know, I initially thought it would just be a, a music thing. I met with some folks in Nashville, and and I was just starting to meet uh, people, and some of these mm -hmm. people kind of embodied in some way something of the Beatitudes. So I met a woman mm -hmm. who'd been on death row for twenty-seven yeah. years. That's a long story, but um, you know we. Uh, talked about what mercy looked like to her. I met um, women um, who were survivors of prostitution and, and addiction uh, and trafficking, and, and they are all working at this place called Thistle Farms in Nashville. And mm -hmm. you know, we talked about what mercy looks like to people that have been yeah. in and out of jail a bunch of times. And uh, um, um, you know, I met uh, people in the Holy Land who are. Uh, the peacemakers within the Israeli and Palestinian conflict and um, yeah it's just like I just start to meet all these people that somehow embodied something of the Beatitudes and and I thought it'd be great to tell their stories in this arcing story of like the Beatitudes and so that's how it became about and uh, you know the conversations I was having were really interesting and someone said to me a publisher said to me if you thought about writing a book I was like no you know, so it ended up like the book was really yeah. the backbone of the project, yeah. and uh, the music came out of that. I got some friends around uh, around me, you know, really blown away by people like Michael W., Amy Grant, yeah. uh, yeah. Hillsong United, Matt Maher, uh, Amanda Cook, Anthony Skinner, um, Martin Smith. You know, there, there's a whole uh, uh, prop yeah. uh, propaganda. Um, yeah, you know, just so many diverse 
and uh, great people and you know they came around me and helped me write songs and we recorded an album and we've made a documentary yeah. film traveled the world doing that and uh, um, created a study guide and um, you know so we had all these different things and different elements and uh, artwork as well but um, it was kind of a little bit all over the place and so uh, someone suggested to me during uh, right at the beginning of COVID actually uh, you know you're not going to be able to do any events and get out and do any speaking things for a while yeah. uh, why don't you put it all into an e-course so we spent a few months putting it all into an e-course um, yeah. at thebeatitudesproject.com and uh, so that's where it is and that's 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 what we do and uh, you know every now and then I haven't done one for a month or so but we we, we try and do a, a webinar uh, once a month or every uh, every other month and you know have a guest on and you know highlight some topics that, that's happening in the world right now and uh, talk about the Beatitudes and um, I think that the Beatitudes do two things I think they tell us where God is you know that God is on the side of the uh, poor in spirit and those who mourn like the, the, those who are suffering like where is God in the conflict over in Ukraine right yeah. now he's with everyone who's suffering you know he's uh, he's on the side of people who are crying out for mercy and help and so um, and then it shows us the way shows us how to live you know um, by pushing into what God is already blessing and uh, and getting alongside the poor in spirit and the poor and those who mourn and those who are in a conflict or you know uh, um, when we start to live as mercy givers and peacemakers yeah. and, uh, that's so cool so this is a segment of our podcast where we where we let who we're interviewing build our listeners faith by just telling a story a testimony that's recently happened um, so what has God been doing recently that you'd be willing to share Yeah, um, well, I mean, coming off the back of talking about the Beatitudes Project, you know, um, I'm a I'm a songwriter, I'm a guitar player, um, and I have to yeah. work to um, earn a living, right? So, um, and so, you know, I came into this year. Um, I'm not touring with Michael in the spring. Like we've got some dates mm -hmm. from summer onwards for the rest of the year, but um, you know, so it's like, what do I do? And, uh, been thinking about that and like looking back over my life I can have great yeah. faith that I don't have to worry because you know I I see where God has stepped in when things um, when, when there's a season of like um, not much work or something and so um, one thing that's happened is like I've uh, I've got really excited about songwriting mm. excited about songwriting this year and so, um, you know, and I've had a little bit more time to put into it. So uh, that's been amazing. So that's, uh, so one thing that God's been showing me is that, um, is, you know, not to yeah. be o overly anxious, uh, but to look at the past and see where he stepped in before and provided or, or yeah. you know, rescued the situation. Good. So that's one thing. And then another thing, like with the with the Beatitudes project, is um, it's really good, right? It's like yes. what we've created mm -hmm. is really good, and um, uh, and 
I've had some amazing feedback and uh, you know some lives have been touched by it and that's um, amazing um, and but the 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 thing with the Beatitudes is that they're, they're kind of upside down so like like in the back of my mind I could think uh, why isn't it kind of you yeah. know why isn't it the new alpha course you know like why isn't it um, uh, gone around yeah, the world right. and we've got a thousand subscribers like um, but um, and um, you know, and, and we we suffer from the curse of yeah. uh, Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you see other people and, yeah. and you compare yourselves with other people, and that's the same at whatever whatever level, and whatever you've done in in this world. You know, that's the mm-hmm. uh, that's the same for all of us. That is a like Instagram and social media is a mighty leveler in terms of like comparison. Um, so. Um, you know, and you can feel very much like, um, oh, I haven't done enough, um, you know, I, I haven't put enough into this, or whatever it is, I'm not doing enough, that, that, that kind of thought, you know, and we, I'm sure we can all identify with that. Um, anyway, I heard someone the other day talk about the miracle of feeding the 5,000, and, uh, um, and, they were saying that um, it's not your job or it's not my job yeah. to actually make the miracle. Like it's um, that's yeah. Jesus. Like Jesus does that. God does that. Um, and all our all that's required of us is to yeah. bring the five loaves and two fishes. And so that's been a that's been a great encouragement to me and something I think about almost every day if not every day it, um, in light of the, the Beatitudes project like yeah. that's my five loaves and, and two fish and uh, um, uh, my manager actually Tony he always talks about you know God is your promoter Stu you don't have to um, yeah uh, which is a similar idea right um, and a lot of these things is about timing but anyway that was a long way to say like uh, the thing that God's been teaching me is that all I need to do yeah. is bring mm. the five loaves and two fish, and then um, if anything, if, if a miracle happens with it, yeah. then that's, that's up so good. to God. Yeah, good. Stu, what can uh, we expect from you this year? Uh, do you got anything you're, you're in the works doing a new album, or what can we expect? Yeah, um, so, um, well, you'll see me on the road with Michael again uh, later on this year. Um, I've just completed mm. two EPs uh, okay. for an okay. app called Glorify uh, that's coming out of the UK, and um, uh, that is, uh, they're two instrumental EPs, so um, it's kind of very ambient and... Uh, they are uh, hymns, hymns volume one, hymns volume two, uh, some of my favorite uh, hymns. We've done like seven or eight minute versions of, uh, of these things, all instrumental and, uh, uh, and uh, with some, uh, and then there's an option to have okay. like an inspirational voiceover version as well. Um, so that's on, the, that's on the Glorify app, um, which is very cool. and. Um, what else? I'm going to be writing more songs, and uh, I'm actually working on awesome. a second batch of Beatitude songs. 
um, and um, I really want to concentrate on songs for the church in terms of you know they, they can be sung corporately and uh, songs that are inspired by uh, the, the themes in the Beatitudes and uh, I um, you know there probably won't be like superstars on this unless someone wants to do it but um, uh, I, I really want to have worship leaders yeah. um, write the songs with me and uh, and to like build a little community of uh, of people who are really um, interested in um, you know what does life look like um, and what does our worship life look like awesome I, also I think you should take your your name Stu G and then when you perform put the question mark at the end of Stu G yeah yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I used to have a uh, a guy who was uh, a friend and uh, he was a he he was kind of a real encourager and like almost yeah. a almost a life coach you know sort of guy and he's he's like Stu don't be afraid turn your name around <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> well Stu once again it's yeah. it's been an honor and thank you so much brother for your time and uh, it's it's awesome to yes, thank you hear the stories you know behind some of the uh, the songs and just you know, you you guys have just uh, impacted so many lives, thousands and thousands of lives, and your crown in heaven's going to be awesome. So, and uh, just thank you for all you've done and listening to the yeah. voice of the yeah. Lord, and <laughs> especially when you know who 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 would have thought that Rain Down was written at a, a you know a music festival and you know an actual storm. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, thank you. Amazing. Thanks for listening, and thanks, Stu, for taking the time and speaking with us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. If you feel it so kindly in your heart, leave us a five-star review. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Christian Music Guys. We are a listener-supported podcast. Go to christianmusicguys.com to see how you can join and support our team. It is much appreciated. Thanks for listening. See you next week.